0: Hello and welcome back to the 6 a.m. Run podcast. I am your host, Mark Payson. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you for listening. This is your first time listening. I know that run is in the name. I know a lot of people listening to this probably think all we're going to talk about is running, but there's so much more to fitness and well being than that. So, and that's where we bring our guest in. But before, We do that. As always, this show is brought to you by 6amrun and 6amrun.com. Head over to the website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So today, we have Miss Kathy White on the show with us. I would do an introduction. I can tell you that she's really into yoga. I'm sure we're going to talk about that a lot. (laughs) But, Kathy, thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you wouldn't mind, just kind of introduce yourself for the audience.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mark. Great to be here. I'm Kathy White, a founder of Kathy White Yoga, and I teach a joint renewal method of yoga that helps people, especially as they're starting to feel their age, I help them stay fit, active, supple, mobile so they can keep on doing the things that they love to do, whether it's running, hiking, sailing, cycling, skiing, whatever it is, keeping people active as they age. That's my mission. That's my goal and doing it through yoga.
0: And so why do this? Not why do you do this, <laughs> but why, why is it that it's so important to stay active as we get older?
1: Well, what's the alternative? Sitting on a couch and just shriveling up. It's what we're born to do, Mark. You know, you look at children and how they move and how they run, and that's our inherent nature. What slows us down is when we get injured or tired or sick. And it's a sign of ill health that we become immobile. So it's important to keep moving, A, because it's a great barometer. Of our health, if we can keep moving, then we're healthy. And if we can't keep moving, then to explore what it is that we need to do to get back up and moving again.
0: Amen. I believe that wholeheartedly. At any age, it's good to stay active. But as we get older, to make sure we take care of those joints, make sure we live longer to see our kids and and our relatives, and hopefully our grandkids. Make sure we get to play with them. So. Have you always been into fitness? Is this something that from an early age, you were just into it? Is something you hit later in life? When was the time that you really started to, and not really just yoga, we'll talk about that, but just fitness in general. When did you start to really get into that?
1: Well, yeah, I would say all my life I've been pretty active person. I've got two amazing parents who are fairly active as well. I mean, they're, my dad's 92 and he bless him, well, he'll be 92 shortly, um, He comes to my yoga classes twice a week on Zoom. He drops Mm -hmm. in on Zoom from the UK. And yeah, and that's the family I grew up in. They were always, we would did sailing, we had horses, we were riding, I was cycling. I, you know, just always encouraged to be out and about doing stuff. I, you know, I'm gonna date myself, age myself here, but the aerobics boom of the 80s, I kind of dipped into that Mm -hmm. for a little bit, but found I hated it i would come out of an aerobics class with a bright red beetroot face sweating and going nah that was horrible you know music was okay but i just didn't grab me at all and then yeah when i was still in my 20s that's when i came across yoga so yes always active always wanting to do stuff skiing grew up skiing as well you know ski family ski holidays most winters, you know, all of that. It was an uh, active family.
0: That's good. And speaking of the 80s, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. My brother and I used to watch, I think it was on ESPN, and they used to have these 30-minute shows of these. I think Denise Austin comes to mind and the United States and some other, and the fashion the fitness fashion of the 80s was amazing. Is that something that <laughs> that you uh, have some bad photo, old photos of you in the 80s fashion? I don't,
1: I don't think I do. I think most of those, thankfully, you know, in those days you had film and photos and they got thrown out or not moved when you moved house. And just, so the evidence was destroyed, thankfully.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. so you are assisting people as they age, stay fit. Now, as a woman, as a female, have you kind of seen that that paradigm shift in women's fitness, like not just wanting to stay thin or stay a certain size, but to actually be stronger and to be more active? Have you noticed that change in in how women look at fitness?
1: I think more women are are willing to engage in fitness activities and the whole range of them, whether it's, you know, doing the weights, doing the TRX, whether it's doing gym work. You know, I work one day a week, I teach yoga at the local municipal gym. And and I see, you know, a lot of women coming through the gym, doing various different classes. And I think there's just a, a more openness. It's less gender bias. It's less like, oh, this is for guys and this is for women, Unfortunately, the crossover hasn't quite reached yoga. I do tend to see that mostly I do have guys come to my class, really wonderful men come in, but the ratio is still towards more women coming to yoga.
0: So let's talk about yoga really quick because I not really quick. Let's just talk about it. So all I know is that I should have a mat and I'm not allowed to wear shoes so can you explain, and I know there's more than that, I'm being facetious right now, but can you kind of explain to a person, you know, definitely not me, I, I, definitely not me, but to a person who asks, what, what if, just the obvious question, what is yoga?
1: Okay. So yoga is a system of moving the body that was developed five to 8,000 years ago in India. And the ancient yogis Develop this system of moving the body, and this they say that there's upwards of forty thousand different yoga poses that you can do. But the moving of the body is this is where it becomes tricky because it's it's about getting the body into health, into shape, getting the the energy systems working, the circulation system working, the respiratory system working, all, all the different systems of the body, getting them working through movement. But it's not fitness as we see fitness in the West. And I think, unfortunately, as yoga got translated and brought to the West, it's turned into this fitness thing. Because what we're doing is we're moving our body mindfully, but we're moving it for restoration and healing. We're moving it to make sure that the energy systems are all working in the body. And when I say energy, I don't mean woo-woo. You know, for some people that's that's absolutely true. But I just mean the energy of the blood, the energy of the endocrine system, the energy of the lungs and the oxygen. So everything that's part of like that question you were asking before about why is movement important it's like because if we don't move we become stagnant if you think about water if it's not flowing it just becomes stagnant and that's what happens in the body too we need things to flow and so this system was designed to keep things moving and keep the body healthy and also connect There is a spiritual aspect to yoga, which is very important. And people can, again, get quite woo-woo about that. And, you know, there's the whole range of Indian gods and this and that, you know, all, all very complicated to many of us. However, if you just break it down to it's about being in the present moment. It's about being mindful and living this life fully in the here and now. And I think everyone, all your listeners, will be able to relate to that. Many of them who are runners will know why they love to run is because it's a presencing action. As soon as you get your trainers on and you hit the road and off you go running, you are only running. Your mind doesn't drift, you're focused, you're in the moment, you're present. And that's what is so nourishing about the run. Yes, it gives you a cardio workout. Yes, it does, you know, wonderful things for the body and the health, but it's about presencing. So yoga is like a slow down presencing movement activity that brings you into your body, brings you into the present moment. And the way I teach yoga is through longer holds and breaking those poses down to their very foundational places so that, for example, people come to me and they've done loads of yoga and everything else, so I'll say, okay, let's just sit down, put our legs up the wall, and now I'd like you to flex your ankles, like point your toes down towards your not point your toes because that feels like the, the other way around there's like a ballerina foot but no opposite bring your toes down towards your shin down towards your forehead as your legs are up the wall so if everyone can just visualize doing that pose for a while and i'll hold them there and i'll say I keep flexing your ankles keep flexing your ankles yes you need those ankles to work keep flexing <laughs> And then I'll go quiet and we'll hold for two minutes in silence. And those people who think they're, you know, amazing yogis are going, what is going on? (laughs) My ankles have never had such a workout. And they really need that. That's, you know, that's just one joint in the body. And we're systematically moving through every single joint in the body in similar ways. The body needs that awareness, that attention, that focus on each part of the system in order to free the blockages, the obstacles, the res- restrictions, the old injuries, they all need to be found, discovered, and dissolved.
0: I'm glad you explained it that way because it does resonate with a lot of runners when you say it that way. And just like running, you know, yoga can be done individually, it can be done with a partner, or it can be done in a group. So when, you know, personally, I know that you teach this, I know you run some classes, but on your own, like, do you feel a difference in how your body reacts, how your mind feels, how that mindfulness aspect of it regarding if you're alone, if you're with somebody or with a group, or is there different feelings, the different outcomes through those things? Well,
1: I think, Mark, they all have their place. You know, if I'm practicing on my own, it, it is much more of a meditation. You know, I'm really developing that interior that perception of the interior of the self. And it is incredibly mindful. With my If I'm practicing with a group, I notice that the group energy can help me go further sometimes in the poses where I might come out of a pose. You know, I might be doing Say an ankle flexion, for example, and really working that particular ankle. I might kind of go, okay, I've had enough. If I'm working on my own, whereas if I'm in a group and there's a teacher and I'm listening, it's like, okay, yeah, we're all holding this together, and the teacher knows when to bring us out, and I'll trust the teacher. And wow, this ankle's really burning here, but I'll stay with it. But so you get that group energy supporting you. as well. So both have their place, I think.
0: Yeah. And I tell you what, I prefer to run individually because it, it is that that feeling you get about probably a mile, mile and a half into your run and you get into that groove and you're not thinking about one foot in front of the other. You're not thinking about your stride, not thinking about your hand placement. It kind of just all comes together and you get that runner's high as they call it. But it's mm-hmm. more than a runner's high. It's more of... And you mentioned mindfulness, and I think not enough people really understand that part of fitness. Like, even with, if you're going and lifting weights, even if you're going to do Pilates, yoga, running, swimming, there's a place where you can actually not just think about what you have to do after that, you can stay in that moment yeah. and think about especially with yoga, you know this, because with the poses, like you have to be intentional about these poses. Like you can't just, you know, wing it because you'll end up falling, doing it incorrectly, maybe injuring yourself. So, you know, when you get somebody new to yoga, I understand there's a part of it where you're teaching poses, where you're making sure people work on their flexibility, get better with their flexibility. But how can someone really focus on staying in that moment that they're actually, that 15, 30, 45 minutes that they're actually doing the poses.
1: I think that that's the skill of of a good yoga teacher. And you know, anyone listening who wants to find a yoga class, what I would suggest for them is really check out quite a number of classes before you land on one. You know, don't just say, oh yeah, well I'm free on a Monday at six, I'll go to that one. No, go to that one check out the teacher and go to at least three or four other classes before you land on the right teacher because the teacher will have a huge effect on exactly that point, how present they are and how much presence they bring to the class. If they're simply focused on the poses and trying to get you to stretch and do different poses and it's awkward and they're not, you know, it's like walk away. That's my suggestion, walk (laughs) away. And, you know, bless all those teachers who are with, you know, maybe a little bit of experience or maybe wanting to do a kind of fitness thing. They have their place and, you know, some people will find them wonderful and everything. But I would say, you know, to do a true yoga practice, you're going to find someone who has that mindfulness component inherent in how they teach. And that's where you'll get the benefit because the real benefit of yoga, why it is so healing, and they've got all sorts of scientific studies done on yoga practice and why it and the conditions from diabetes to chronic fatigue to anxiety and depression, yoga helps. Why does it help? It's because people come home to themselves, they come back into their body and they calm their nervous system down. We're living in, you know, the real pandemic as I see it that's going on is that everyone is in a state of stress. Everyone on this planet, especially in the Western world, we're just living on high anxiety. We're living on adrenaline and we're not ever really resting. We're not finding places and times to really calm ourselves down and rest. And yoga gives that to you. And that's why it's so healing. That's why it's so restorative.
0: And I love that part of it. And that's great advice to make sure you don't just jump into a class. And I mean, yes, we're talking specifically about fitness and yoga, but we can use that for a lot of the things we do in life. And that might be able to help us reduce that that stress and anxiety. So... Mm -hmm. And I've looked at your, like I said, I've looked at your pod match bio and looked at your photos and you're in a tremendous shape. Let me just say that you're in great shape, regardless of age, like, you know, kudos to you. And I'm sure as much as the output, so as much as you're keeping fit and doing yoga, you know, the nutrition has a big part of it. Can you just talk about what your nutrition is like, how you look at food, how you look at fuel, like, so to help people, mm-hmm. you know, with that part of it too?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I've always been interested in nutrition and food. I mean, I stopped eating meat when I was 16 to, yeah, it took me about four or five years because I would, I was at boarding school and I managed to get the vegetarian food looked much more interesting than the meat. It was a horrible <laughs> British boarding school, a stewed meat that didn't smell good. So it was like, nah, I think I'll go for the omelette. <laughs> so I got my food stamp, which was this child is vegetarian. And then I'd go home and my mum would cook chicken dinners and produce steaks and I would eat and then I'd go back to school and be vegetarian again and then that went on for quite a number of years and then i went to university and in university i kept going and did a weekly shop as you do and and bought you know some bacon and some chicken because the, that's what you put in your shopping cart and then they would sit in the fridge and i'd be chucking them out at the end of the week i just never got round to cooking them and i it was a really interesting thing to notice that there was never a decision of like it wasn't an ethical decision it wasn't a I kind of uh, I didn't think it through. It wasn't about the environment. It wasn't about anything other than I just never wanted to eat meat. So that was the first sort of shift. And then I worked part time while I was in uni. I worked part time for a health food store and I started reading health books and discovering about a plant-based diet and it's like oh well I guess I've been doing that (laughs) and just finding evidence of eating well and I think as I've aged you know as I hit menopause and that's when you know this joint renewal yoga started to become much more needed in my own system that's when I retrained in coyote yoga on which I base my joint renewal that coupled with really looking at nutrition in terms of what are the trigger foods for the inflammation of the joints and basically sugar, wheat, and dairy. And I've tried as best I can to eliminate those from my diet. And that would be in the last five years. They've been, again, it's kind of like how I became a vegetarian. It's like, oh, I guess I'm moving towards being vegan now, but you know, not really, not so, it's gradual, it's organic. It just seems to be, I feel better when. And I think that relationship I've always had with food is I feel better when. And I track, you know, what did I eat? Do I feel better? You know, how, how, what was I eating yesterday? I feel lousy today. And I think that's, yeah, just a, an ongoing inquiry, an ongoing experiment with, with food. But yeah, eating, fresh i love salads i love fruit i you know fresh vegetables i go down to our farmers market here in duncan just love it you know i love organic vegetables they just seem to radiate and vibrate and i think the more you eat that kind of food the more that food kind of starts to appeal to you you just start to vibrate on the same level as the food right. if that sounds a little strange but it it's kind of like that And my husband is a great gardener and he grows vegetables and we are Mm. so lucky we have in the summer and now just at the end of the season, we just have such an abundance of beautiful tomatoes. We had a crop of figs. We've got raspberries, strawberries, peppers, a whole list of other vegetables that he grows. So yeah, all good.
0: That sounds amazing. And you brought it up and, and you have trademarked your own joint renewal system. And your words, you said, it's kind of like adding WD-40 to your joints. Can you kind of explain your system, how it works, how it helps people, and why it is so important to make sure we take care of our joints as, as we get older?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, there, there is an increase. This would be a, one of the changes I do see in the fitness industry is that people are starting to move around to go, oh, yeah, what about the joints? You know, we were so, you know, cardio was the first thing. It's like, okay, we've got to get the heart pumping. we got to get moving and, you know, boom, 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 get the heart going. And so we all started doing whatever it was to increase our cardio rate. And then it was, okay, we've got to build muscles we've got to build strength so it's like the weights and the the core strength in pilates it's like strength 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 weights muscles and now and in between that there's been this thing of like stretching and i'll come to that in a minute and, and just like oh yeah let's stretch out let's become supple let's stretch 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 and now thankfully this awareness about joints And I think it's because we're more of an aging, you know, all the boomers are coming up to and their joints are starting to get creaky. It's like, oh, my God, how do I oil this joint? This is really stiff. And so this awareness around joints is starting to become more of the in the fitness world. People are going, yeah, I really need to look at my joints here. And I think what the WD-40 for the joints is, what the joint renewal system is, is a form of yoga that breaks yoga down into the beginning poses, as I said earlier, and to the foundational level. It's based on Kayute yoga. I just give a, a nod and kudos to the founder of coyote. That's where I, I trained. And, you know, I add my own flavor with the mindfulness. You know, I add another layer of mindfulness coming into the practice and slowing it right down so that the poses that we hold are held in full awareness. And applying pressure to the joints is what the joints need. But what we tend to do is is applying pressure to the joints is, you know, in, in terms of weightlifting or something like that, it's like it's not specific to the joint, it's more we're trying to build the muscle around the joint. And so the joint suffers sometimes not always but can do and you can see injuries in kind of the weightlifting field and then the other way that people approach the body in terms of stretching is that if the joint is stiff and you're trying to stretch and stretch and the joint isn't moving then all you're doing is creating a loose muscle a loose ligament and tendons around that joint and that's an instability That equals instability. You're not going to have a fully functioning system. What you need is the joint that's moving in its full range of motion, which, you know, for ball and socket joint like the hip, there's so many different angles that that hip can move into. You want all of them available to you. And therefore, when it's all available to you, yeah, your hamstrings will be a little looser. You'll be able to flex forward. You'll be able, you'll have the mobility. It will come to you because the joint has been opened. But to do it the other way around, to try and stretch the muscles when you have a stiff joint, it's backwards. It doesn't work.
0: And that is great advice. And I appreciate you going into that. And so... Moving on about the different types of yoga and how you've developed this. Anybody who who's been in fitness has, you know, I, I don't know if you want to call them fads. I don't even call them new ways to do things. But now, you know, a lot of more people are popping up. Or a lot more classes are popping up with, you know, not only hot yoga but there's now naked yoga, which uh, is popping. <laughs> I mean, these are. These are, I'm sure I'm missing. I'm sure there's other, I'm sure there's like 80s yoga where they play 80s. I'm sure there's so many types of different classes out there. But again, being this spiritual journey for some people, making sure people are focusing on their energy and focusing on the poses. Is that, you know, or hot or naked yoga, or anything like that, like things that You've ever tried things you're taught, things that you haven't put any stock in, or is it just different strokes for different folks? If, you know, people want to try it, let them try it.
1: Yeah, I would say try. I mean, I, in a way I kind of wish there was a, there's a whole slew of kind of yoga that's out there that I wish it wasn't called yoga in a way. It'd be better if it had a different name because it's kind of far from the roots as i was referring to earlier you know that ancient tradition of like how do we move the body so we bring it into full health and how do we move the body so that we can be fully present in each moment really connected mind body spirit connected to ourselves the earth and each other you know the root of the word yoga it means joining so when you think about that it's like what are we joining we're joining ourselves to ourselves there's a great quote that i sometimes use in my classes and this it's from james joyce the irish author and he has this line in one of his stories and he says mr duffy lived a short distance away from his body And I think that's Mm -hmm. exactly where a lot of people live. It's a short distance away from their body. And yoga is a tool, is a method to actually bring us back into our body, to bring us home. And especially if there's been an injury, an accident, an old hereditary pattern people leave their bodies and they never come back. They never come back into that shoulder. They never come back into that knee in quite the same way. And so yoga is that practice of get back in, get back in that ankle, even though you twisted it really badly, even though you broke your femur in a horse riding accident, get back in and let's see and help the body not move into compensatory patterns, but realign itself. So it's in its optimum health and wellness.
0: And what is your relationship with your physical body? Like, is this, you know, yoga is, it's a very fluid, it's a very, you know, it's, it's a place where people get together or you can do it on your own where it's, it's you and your body. Usually not a lot is involved, but you know your body image the way you see yourself what kind of relationship do you have with just your your physical body
1: i think that's a great question mark because you know as i age and i think this was you know my shift when i started feeling menopausal and going through perimenopause and menopause in the last 5 years that shift in my own body made me realize like how fluid our bodies are in terms of they do age they do change. You know, my dietary needs. I need to eat much less than I did when I was in my 30s, you know, and it took me a while to kind of catch up to that fact because I kept sort of going, oh, yeah, great, have this big meal, big meal, uh, like I used to when I was younger and running around and had young kids and all the rest of it. And it's like, no, actually, I don't need that because the next day I feel sluggish. I feel heavy. I can put on a few pounds That's that doesn't feel right. So changing according to where your body's at at any particular life stage. So I think my relationship to my body is fluid and I'm much more willing to shift and change. I think some of us, you know, I've done this, a, a mistake I've probably made is, I get into a routine, I got into a pattern, and I got into a pattern with yoga. In my previous yoga practice, it was like, here's my pattern, here's my yoga practice, this is what I do, and then it stopped working. And then it, you know, I was having joint pain. I was like, hang on a minute, I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> I shouldn't be having joint pain, this is, this is embarrassing. And, and going, okay, being humble enough to go, okay, not working, what am I going to do? I'm going to research. I'm going to change. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to see what can be different. And from that, new things can emerge. But it's always an ongoing inquiry, an ongoing
0: experiment. And thank you for saying that. Because And the reason I ask is because I know there's someone out there, probably listening to this, that doesn't like their body, may think they're too big, may think they don't like a certain part of their body, don't want to show up in in front of people. And even the fact that they don't like how they look in the mirror, they won't even do it on their own because they don't want to go through that type of just frustration with themselves. So, you know, from your words, like, what would you tell that person? What would you say to that person who says, oh, I would in their head, they're thinking, I really want to do yoga, but they just don't feel like their body matches that quote unquote yoga body.
1: Oh yeah. I wish I could delete every single Instagram post and, you know, and I'm, you know, it's part of my problem too. It's like, I do have a yoga body, but I've been at it for 30 plus years. Of course I have a yoga body, you know, it's kind of like, what can I do? Because And when I do my videos for my membership site, I always try and go back to, okay, if I was on a chair, if I couldn't get up and down off the floor, if I was sitting and my hips were really stiff and painful, where would I begin this pose from? And that's how I always teach, is I always try and go back to that person who is there, who's really struggling to just even get into the very basic beginning of A cross leg position. It's like, okay, sweetheart, do it on a chair. You know, you don't have to be on the floor. You can't get up and down off the floor. Great. That's why we got chairs. And just, I always try and teach with the sense of begin here. Like I was doing a class this morning and we had to bring our hands behind our backs. And for some people, they had to bend their elbows and they could only barely touch. Their fingers back together, you know, holding, clasping, and just one hand clasping the fingers of the other. And some people could do the full Monty, you know, interlace the fingers, press their the heels of their hands, their wrists together, and extend their arms back down and then lift their arms back up, like wings and all the rest of it. And I really try and teach like the beginning is as important as wherever you go to on the journey. And it's really encouraging those people who just do that first movement that that is amazing. That is wonderful. Feel within your own body that movement. It's a little bit of a struggle, there's maybe a bit of tightness. Breathe into it, see if you can soften around it. And you're doing yoga because you're joining with yourself.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much. I know. And from my own personal experience, you know, getting back into fitness. And one of the things I thought about all the time was like, how am I going to look doing this? How am I going to look running outside? You know, how am I going to look going to this gym? And I got this oversized t-shirt and these sweatpants and everybody's in here with, you know, tights and shredded shirts. And, you know, it. we can't always, and I think you've talked about this a little bit. We can't always look at where we want to be or at other people. We don't know their journey. We have no idea what their journey has been. I can't walk into a yoga class that you're giving and say, oh, I can't do this because I don't look like her. Mm -hmm. And that's about that mindfulness. It's about being in the moment and knowing the work you're doing now. If you continue with it, you will get to where you want to be most likely. So I appreciate you doing that. And, And lastly, for the people who out there who say, you know what? I tried yoga once and I hated it. Mm -hmm. I hated it and I am again speaking on personal experience and just to kind (laughs) of kind of give you a a visual I did individually I think it was a beginner 15 minute class and I was sweating profusely after about six or seven minutes and I was like this is too hard and for a guy who goes to the gym and runs I said yoga is too hard but for somebody who's done it once said I hated it I never want to do it again but then they kind of get that itch and it's like, well, everybody kind of says it's nice. Like, what do you say to that person? How do you help that person at least attempt it again? I know you've mentioned kind of scoping out different teachers in different classes, but what are some other things people can do if they've hated it in the past?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if, when people come to me and they say, yeah, well, I tried yoga, but now my doctor's told me to come to yoga or my best friend comes to the class and she's dragged me along and I don't really want to be here, <laughs> whatever it is. I always just say, you're in the right place. You know, like when you make the decision to go to a class, just trust that that decision comes from somewhere within you that knows you're in the right place. And to not look at anyone else. Like When I teach, I don't demonstrate poses. I don't sit at the front of the class and expect people to follow me. I ask people to close their eyes and move their body. And, you know, if they're uncomfortable with closing their eyes, they can gaze softly at the ceiling or the wall, but not to look at anyone else. And my instructions are so specific and precise that they don't need to look at anyone else. And they don't need, they only need to have their awareness within themselves. And if they can find a class where a teacher does that, then they're going to find it so much more enjoyable than. This seeking outside, looking outside. Oh, there's the teacher. They're doing that. Oh, God, I can't do that. Oh, look at her over there. Look where she's got her arm. I can't put my arm there. This internal dialogue is why you hate yoga. If the internal dialogue is, okay, I'm going to be with me, I'm going to be with my breath, I'm going to just explore and be curious, and I'm going to soften and relax and release. What's the to hate about that?
0: Absolutely correct. You put it so well. And I hope someone listening to this will give it another try. We'll focus on that, that energy aspect of it, the mindfulness aspect of it, and not just totally think about the fitness part of it. Like there, Mm -hmm. there is a different aspect of it that we can kind of take back a little bit instead of just yeah, on
1: that on that note mark i would say think of yoga as a place where you calm your nervous system down like, think of it make that the foundation of your practice that it's a place where you go for rest and restore and then anything you do on top of that in terms of you know getting your joints mobile getting yourself more supple that's all extra bonus wonderful material
0: and last question for you before I get you to plug how people can get in contact with you. What does one need to get into yoga? Like, what does a person need? To, do we need to go out and buy anything? How does someone start yoga? And what are the things that they need to start it? What is the equipment they possibly need?
1: Well, I always say to students don't buy anything, nothing.
0: <laughs> just mm-hmm. start
1: because the ancient yogis just they didn't have anything they didn't have yoga mats or yoga mm-hmm. bolster straps and blocks that you know there's the whole yoga fitness industry it's like oh yeah we built up this great of course we have you know that's what we do in the west we make a business out yeah. of it it's not um,
0: cheap either that's that not stuff cheap is not exactly
1: cheap. <laughs> i mean that's a massive investment well mm-hmm. you know and of course if you're dedicated to your practice and you're loving your practice and you're loving yoga of course you're going to want to spend money on it if you want you know on that way it makes sense but to begin with nah you don't need anything instead of a yoga mat use a towel instead of a yoga bolster use a pillow from your bed or a cushion from your couch instead of a yoga block use a book Instead of a yoga strap, use a couple of belts buckled together or a scarf, a cotton scarf. None of it needs to be expensive. You have everything at home you need. And then you just need a blank wall to put your legs up the wall. And if you can't have a blank wall in your house, I know some people live in small apartments and every every wall is occupied, then just use a door. You know, have your mat or your rug or blanket on the floor next to the door and put your legs up the door. And that's it. So simple.
0: And when you're in the, and and thank you for saying that. And I know I said that was your last question, but I have one more. (laughs) When we're in these classes, because I know some of these classes that people actually, you know, where I used to live in, in Washington, D.C., a lot of the classes that were in D.C., they were rented spaces. So people would pay individually for each class. Is it necessary or customary to tip your teacher during these classes? I, I think that's a question a lot of people have.
1: I don't know. I think that's maybe a, an American culture. It's not something that I've come across. Maybe people do. I mean, and I think maybe that's grown out of some people teach by donation. And so they would just have a, a basket in front of them and people would put whatever mm. they want to into okay. the basket for as a thank you for the class. And, you know, which is a very noble way of teaching. So I don't know enough about that, Mark, to really answer.
0: Okay. I was just, I was doing some research before we spoke and I saw that for a lot of people, they people do tip their yoga. And I never knew that. Like I never, ever knew that. And, and no, so but... no, that's, that's
1: kind of news to me too. Yeah. So.
0: so look at that. We both learned something today. Hey, hey what do you know about <laughs> that? So, well, Kathy, this has been great. So how do people find you online? How do they get in contact with you? How do they maybe sign up for one of your classes?
1: Yeah, well, they would go to www.kathywhiteyoga.com and that's Kathy with a K, white as in the color, yoga, all one word, kathywhiteyoga.com. And on my homepage, they can sign up for a free joint renewal guide so they can learn more about joint renewal and this particular practice, how it's mindful, how it brings you back into the body, why stretching is a no-no, or when I say stretching is a no-no. Yes, of course, you're stretching your body, but you're actually wanting to open the joints, which I explained a little bit on this call. And... Yeah, just go there. And if they want to sign up for a class, there's a book a class button on the homepage, too. And you can just click that and it'll take you through the process of how to book on to one of my Zoom classes. And people are very welcome to come. And why I love the Zoom classes is because people can access me from all over the world. I've got students in New Zealand, Bermuda, Germany, Canada, North America. And is that All you need is a camera so that I can see you. You don't need to see me. So you set up your iPad, your computer, your phone, so that it's angled down to your mat or your rug, your blanket. You switch it on, you join the Zoom call, and then you're just listening to my voice. And you don't have to look up. You don't have to, like, oh, what are they doing? How am I following this? No, you're in your practice you're just listening to my voice, I'm coaching you through, I'm looking at you, so if you move the wrong leg, if I say left and I mean right, you know, whatever, I'll correct you. If you take your hand back and it's meant to be out to the side, I'll, I'll correct you. Just gently bring you back and make the alignment right for you and give you alternatives. If you can't do a particular pose, I'll take you through, you know, where you can bring a chair in or use a different prop or... Yeah. Work with your body as it is today, not some ideal body that you think you might have in the future. That's lovely. Have a dream, but then come back to the reality and meet yourself where you are now.
0: Love it. Love it. Kathy White, thank you so much for being a part of this show. Everybody go check out her page. She gave you Kathy White yoga.com. She also is on Instagram. Check her out. And again, don't compare yourself to anybody on the page. Don't compare yourself to her. If you want to sign up for a class, sign up for a class, see how it goes. But again, you know, look for other classes too. And as she said, three or four, see what fits your needs, see which instructor you, you know, relate to and have a connection to. So, kathy white thank you so much for being a part of the show oh, congratulations you, uh, yeah congratulations on all your success please keep doing what you're doing because this is something as you know the older generations as as i'm getting older i've i've noticed that i have to take care of my not only my my mental health my physical health too so thank you for what you're doing thank you for the space you're you're working in and you have a great rest of your day okay
1: you're so welcome thank you mark